This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, guys. Before we dive into this episode with the incredible Shelly Hancock and her web designer, Beverly Garb, which, by the way, is all about how to maximize your potential as an esthetician with an amazing website, I wanted to talk to those of you who are looking for a beautiful website but don't quite know where to go. We highly recommend Beverly. Again, she is the person behind Shelly Hancock's site, and you can find more information about her services at www.esthetician.com websites.com. They specialize in designing websites for estheticians. They're reputable, easy to work with, with over 30 years in the skincare industry. You can mention code WEB20 for $50 off your site, and I'll put this information in the show notes so you can easily find it. I hope that helps, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. A quick note before we get into the episode. Though we are discussing our usual content, these episodes have been pre-recorded, and Tess and I wanted to make a special note that we are in full support of and stand with Black Lives Matter. We both have personally donated to the movement, participated in local protests, and are actively sharing resources on our Instagram accounts. In addition to this, we recognize the need to incorporate more diversity. We are committed to celebrating all skin tones, and we are actively looking to feature more women of color from our industry on this platform. We want to use our voices to affect the change that we believe in. As always, thank you for listening. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians, and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to the treatment room. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the treatment room. My name is Tess, and today I'm bringing back Shelly Hancock for her second time on the podcast. We're also bringing in her web designer, Beverly Garb. And today's episode is going to be focused on how to build a successful website, tools you can use to start building a website and what it can do for your brand if you don't have one already. Shelly has a really unique website that is specifically geared toward estheticians and helping them succeed. She focuses on growing their bottom line with affordable aesthetic equipment, renewing their excitement for the beauty industry with her consulting services, and how you can thrive as a self-employed esthetician. So Shelly's website is an awesome example of a successful niched down website. So we're going to get into all the nitty gritty of what has gone into that. I hope you guys pick up some tips and enjoy the show. Why don't we just kick it off with a little bit of background? I'd love to kind of understand how you guys met. So um, I'm Shelly Hancock. I've been an esthetician for 33 years and purchased my first skincare center just about 18 months after I became an esthetician and had no business background. And I've kind of just muddled along doing everything myself all these years. And in 2005, I had enough experience behind me that I started mentoring my fellow estheticians, helping them either start a business or take a business to the next level. Now, I created my own website back in, I don't even remember, like 2008, not knowing a thing about how to create a website, but I was so proud of myself for doing it that I just kind of stuck with that website. And over the years, some of the industry professionals that I know very kindly nudged me to get out of the uh, dinosaur ages and get a new updated website. But I wasn't hearing it because I was so proud of what I'd done. And uh, in comes Beverly. I actually met her in Texas at her family business, Biocosmetic of Texas. I flew out there to give a workshop um, 
And just what a lovely fam- family you have, Beverly. We had so much fun with you and your sisters and your mom. And as I was looking for someone to create my new website for me, I did interview a few different companies. And I ultimately settled with, not settled on, but decided to um, have Beverly be my website guru because because of her background in the industry. I felt like she was going to know what it was I needed because of her family being in the industry for so many years. And Beverly and I just really hit it off. You are very easy to work with, Beverly, and you kind of get me. I remember you asking me a lot of questions at first to to create this website. And you did an incredible job, even though I kind of fought you tooth and nail the whole way. (laughs) Um, Within 30 days of that new website going live, I brought in enough new income to pay for that website. So in my mind, I was like, oh, why did you not do this years ago, Shelly? And uh, it's been how many years now, Beverly? Mm -hmm. Like three since we originally met, I guess? I think, yeah, I think it's three, three, four, something like that. Feels like a lifetime because I feel like I know you so well. <laughs> I know. It sounds like the hardest part was kind of knowing when to hire out for your weakness and, and bring in somebody else, which I think it can be definitely difficult when you're used to running the show on your own. But kudos to you. And Beverly, I'd love to hear about your background. And it sounds like you have a family in the aesthetics industry. So that's really interesting. You're kind of meshing the web design with aesthetics. And that makes you kind of like a, a perfect person to go to for other, other estheticians who are looking for a web designer since you, you know the industry so well. Yeah, I do feel, you know, it's it's kind of aging me, but I, <laughs> I've been in the industry now. I keep saying 20 years, but I think it's more like 30 years now, which is really wow. scary. Um, so I did start out as a skincare trainer. We uh, have a family business in Texas. It's Biocosmetic of Texas. Um, you know, we sell different product lines and peels and do a lot of education for estheticians. And that's really where I started out. I then branched out on my own and I... Um, started my own spa in California. I actually bought a spa that was going under, it was failing, and I turned it around in two years. So we, you know, we ran it at a profit. We sold it for a really great profit, you know, two years later, which really had me solidify that my skill set and really what I think I bring to people is I, I understand business. So I understand how to take a business from inception to really coming into maturation and eventually either being sold or or not. But that that became clear that that was where I I shined. And I studied with Douglas Preston. I became a spa consultant. And I worked with a company called Salon Training International, and I consulted with estheticians and spas to really put systems and structures in place that enabled a business to grow. And I think that's sometimes where in esthetician school, we are a bit short-sighted because we love what we do. We're a technician and we don't always get the training to brand a business and grow it into its, its fully matured self. Um, so there was a very a much of a need for that. And as I continued with that, I saw there was even more of a need of helping estheticians and skincare professionals really understand the online kind of, you know, void, if you will. There's just so many moving pieces to it. Um, and I just really started to focus on that. And now that's all I do. So we nicheify and we focus on websites for estheticians and also, you know, various marketing strategies for estheticians to succeed online, whether it's just a, you know, your services and drawing people into your business or selling products, which is becoming very, very huge right now. We go to school for, you know, to become technicians, not necessarily business people. So that's incredible you offer that. If somebody is just deciding they want to create a business, they're thinking about a website. Are there a few elements or guidelines you could explain that really make a website stand out? A few things I would start with. I like what you said, hire out for your weaknesses. Um, you know, if, if it's sort of like inviting somebody to your house, if it's in shambles and, you know, it's like nothing's working and it, it most likely they're going to sort of 
use that as a critique of you or a judgment on you. So I would say if you can hire out for that weakness, most people don't know how to design a website. And there's a lot of do-it-yourself right now. There's Wix and Squarespace and all of these, you know, great platforms, but it's it's never really as easy as it seems. And so a lot of what I do is undo the work people have already done. So I would say save yourself some time. And if you can, you know, at a reasonable cost, just have somebody who knows how to do it because your business will grow faster than with a website that maybe doesn't work as well or isn't user-friendly or doesn't convert into sales. Like Shelly said, she paid for a website in the first couple of months. And that's typically what I hear. So First of all, if you can, I would say hire out for that weakness, unless it's a strength of yours. Mm -hmm. Um, Second, I would say, you know, I have a great webinar on our website. So our website is estheticianwebsites.com. It's also on shellyhancock.com. And if you listen to that, it lays out some parameters of what to do and not to do. Um, A couple of things that I really highlight in there is the, the quality of your pictures you know, if it's not a high quality picture, don't use it. You know, use stock photo until you get some really high quality photos because that can make or break you as well. If there's clutter in the background or one of the pictures, it looked like she was doing a facial in her bedroom and you could see a bed behind her. It didn't make any sense. So all that's, I went to that website and I just stared at the bed for like 10 minutes. I couldn't figure out why there was a bed. Um, and then the your edu- your website is really meant to inspire and entice. It's not meant to educate. That's really different to what SEO experts are going to tell you because they want to have as much words on the page as possible to get ranked. However, if somebody comes to your website and they have to decode it, they have to decipher it, they're going to go somewhere else. Um, nowadays, people don't read a lot. So I would say leave the words for a blog and make sure mm-hmm. the branding pops out the minute you go to your website. You know, a website really should be a work of art. People should come. They should feel something. They should be inspired by something. The words should hit them in their gut somewhere of a need that they need to solve. And then they need to take the next step. So Mm. inspire more, educate less. Good, Beverly. If we could just kind of simplify, what do you think branding really comes down to? Is it is it still, you know, consistent colors throughout a, a website or a certain font? Is it about the aesthetic or what would you say? So first and foremost, branding is about who you are at your core. So websites should be really authentic. You know, it's, it's easy to try copy other people because maybe a website looks beautiful to you and you're going to try copy that, but it never looks the same on your site because it isn't who you are at your soul. <laughs> so the, a web, a branding should number one, convey who you and the business is at its soul. So what is its key audience? What is the key problem it's trying to address? Um, You know, what is it trying to say to a certain amount of audience? Which leads me into a second a second step of branding, which is to nicheify. I get so much pushback on this because we all want to be everything to everybody. And Shelly coaches me on this a lot in my (laughs) business. It's hard to say no to some people, but the more you nicheify, the clearer your message becomes and the more that those people will resonate with you and take the next step. So once you have those, then we work on the colors and the text to, to really portray that message. So it is aesthetic, but the aesthetics aren't first, right? The aesthetics should be mirroring and broadcasting out to your audience who you are at your core and what you're doing. So I don't, Mm. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to maybe use Shelly as an example here just to kind of paint a picture for the audience. So let's pretend you guys are sitting down for the first time, your first meeting discussing, you know, what Shelly's dream website would be like. Shelly, what would be like your elements of who you are at the core? And then maybe we can go for there, from there how we would use that to brand you for a website. Yeah, great question. Um, I know right in the beginning, Beverly and I talked about that. And I wanted to have a balance of professionalism and playfulness because I happen to be a high energy kind of playful kind of person. I'm not super serious. So we needed that to come across the playfulness, but not in a, like a, a caricature kind of way, you know, so it needed to be professional, but light. And I think Beverly just got it spot on. 
Yeah, there was also a, an element of um, Shelly had tons of content on her site, which is great because she gets ranked for all these keywords without even knowing what the word SEO means. <laughs> I've never seen it before, but she does. Um, and that's because she's so authentic on her site. So she had tons of content, but the content was sort of everywhere on the homepage, on all of the product pages. So we really moved the content into more of her blogs and, and um, training videos, things like that. And if you look at Shelly's front page, there's some rocks there um, because Shelly has a very grounded personality, but the colors are sort of lifting up to the sky a bit. So there's these two elements of Shelly of this really grounded teacher, mentor, you know, that people look up to. And then there's just an element of playfulness. You know, we didn't want it to be dark colors. But inside of that, there's the core message of what she does. She's not trying to sell equipment to um, dentists. Right. Shelly's really clear on what she does. She sells handheld devices and other equipment to estheticians. Right. She's she's an aesthetic device and equipment distributor. She does consulting as well within that. But there was that 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 was the core message that really is who she is as a teacher. You know, she really helps people grow their business through that modality. And so the website really needed to be clear on that and drive people there. So when they come there, they're there because that's what they're looking for. Would you agree with that, Shelley? Or I, I would, Beverly, and it's just really funny because that's one of the things I fought you on because I have so much to say. So, uh, you know, I had like <laughs> everything I have to say written down on that website, this story and that story. Because, and and I and at first I was like, no, but I want them to read that. I want them to hear that. You know, and I get it. I finally got it, and it just. It's all still there for them, but not in such a mishmash way. And it's just so much more professional now. But I, I did fight you, fight you on that one, didn't I? You did. And I fought myself because when I first started doing websites, I really just wanted to do it for every single person that needed a website. You know, you, when you start out a business, you just want to be, you don't want to say no to anybody. And I went to a coach and she said, nicheify, nicheify, nicheify. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to lose all these other people that need a website. And she said to me, trust me, if you nicheify and, and only work with people that you are familiar with the industry, your business will grow so much more. And I changed my URL to estheticianwebsites.com. My whole branding is for estheticians and skincare professionals. Pretty much that's all I do. Once in a while, I get a wellness person, but 99.9% are estheticians. And my business... I'm not kidding. It almost doubled when I did that. That's that's incredible. Um, how about looking at some of these estheticians that that come to you, looking at what they start out with, and when you say you had to undo a lot of the things that they did, what would be maybe a, a few mistakes that you see people make when they've originally made a website that our audience can learn from and, and avoid? I think really, we talked about it a little bit, but it's trying to say too much. So when you look at what some websites, there's like three or four paragraphs maybe on the homepage or the bio page. And it, it really is, you know, I when I was 18, I got my degree in, in psychology. And then I realized that I didn't want to do psychology. So I traveled around, you know, Europe. And when I was in Europe, I met an evader. Like it's every step of the way. <laughs> No, 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 no. All we care about who you are today. So the, the, the letters L-E at the end of your name pretty much say all that. And I always tell people we could usually take four paragraphs and sum it up in a tagline. And, you know, that is in conflict with SEO. They do want you to use a lot of keywords and things like that. But again, you're going to lose people if they have to decode things. So really what we do is we look at what they already have and we, we usually can sum up at least like three or four paragraphs into a tagline and a subheading. So you want people to come and immediately know what you do. It sounds like you're saying really simplify, get clear about who you are and start developing that vision and understand what makes you unique because that will help you kind of niche down, like you said, and really speak to a specific audience. There you go. You said it. <laughs> Awesome. So, okay, let's say we're talking about somebody like Shelly who has, you know, a lot to say. She has a blog, she has YouTube videos, she has Instagram and social media. 
what is kind of a tactic for making all of that information available in a website, but not making it overwhelming? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, people should go look at Shelly's website because I think she does a really good job. She's very, very active on the website. And that's really, really important. You know, I have people come to me that tell me they're paying people $1,000 a month to rank them on Google and they're not ranked because it doesn't work. So if you hear that, run a thousand miles away as quick as you can. What keeps Google interested is content. So Shelly is unbelievably active in her content. You know, she blogs, she adds videos all the time. She's sending people to the site. It's a website is a, it's a organic being, you know, it's, it's almost like if you don't feed your child, they're not going to thrive. So I would say number one, be prolific, but make sure the prolific is in an organized, manageable way. So I use what I call an accordion file a lot. So instead of having all of the text on one page, we'll have an accordion file where people can click on the things that they're interested in. It opens up and you can read what you want to read. So it's not overwhelming. You're choosing to read that. You're not going to a page and your eyes are crossed because you don't know where to start. Um, that being said, all of those different components feed into each other. Shelly's super active on Facebook. She's super active on YouTube. So everything she's putting on her website She's, she's feeding blurbs out to all of these different avenues. So when people click on that and come to the site, they're already looking for that information. So, you know, it, it's be prolific, but be prolific in, again, your core messages. Don't just hire somebody to randomly, you know, stream out images on Instagram because it won't catch anybody. It won't stick. It won't have the resonance that you're looking for. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, SEO is a really big topic and it's, I think it's misunderstood and it's ever changing. Google, Google changes his mind more than I changed my mind, which says something. Um, I think the most important things to do is like I'm saying, like if, if you go to Shelly's, Shelly Hancock's website, she's always adding content. And the content is always in the same vein. So she's either talking about a way to succeed in skincare or, you know, aesthetic devices that will help you succeed in skincare. And what Google does is, is Google says, I know what this person does. She helps estheticians succeed in skincare. Okay, that makes sense. And she's also really popular because lots of people are going to her site. Okay, we trust her. We're going to start ranking her. It's almost as if they're a friend going, okay, you know, I can trust her. I understand what she's about. I get her essence. I'm going to start introducing her to my other friends. It's almost, it's almost as simple as that. So when you try to manipulate Google, it doesn't work. Same as when you try to manipulate a friend, it doesn't work. They always know. So if you try to just use keywords for the sake of using keywords, number one, it looks ridiculous. I've been to websites that the wording doesn't make any sense. It's like, you know, esthetician, Austin, Texas, great microdermabrasion, waxing, and your feet too. Like, that's what the sentence will say, because they're trying to trick Google into ranking for all of these words. And Google's really, really smart. So it, it doesn't work. So that's organic SEO. You have to understand it takes years. It takes just being authentic, being prolific, putting your message out there until Google goes, okay, we really get you. We trust you. But there's a little bit of ways around that. I mean, one thing I use a lot is Google AdWords. You do have to pay for it, but it pays off, especially if you're getting your keywords really you know, close to what they need to be. So it just means you're paying Google to say, hey, when somebody says skincare in Austin, I want to show up on the first page or I want to be the first listing. And, you know, it, it does cost you need a budget for that, but the return on that budget is pretty good if somebody's searching for your service. I don't recommend it if you're, you've got a new skincare line, nobody knows about it, you're trying to brand it, it's a very expensive way to brand. But if you know somebody's looking for skincare in Austin, or somebody's looking for image skincare, or somebody's looking for aesthetic equipment, those targeted keywords can be a great way to show up first. 
that's really valuable, I think. And another another point about, you know, resources to consider when you are starting to develop a budget, I think this is really helpful for people to understand it may be worth it to invest in a web designer or um, things like Google AdWords if they are at that point in their career. How do you decide what products will stand out on a website? Um, is that something significant to talk about? Maybe, Shelley, maybe you can speak a little bit to what's really shined to the top of your website, you know, and then I can talk a little bit more generally about it. Um, you know, I think it's really individual for what the esthetician's looking for, price point, modality, that kind of thing. So there's not one or two things that shine. Um, I think it's going to be different for estheticians that are, are selling to the public. You're going to have fewer pieces of equipment and then they can all kind of shine because, you know, you've got it narrowed down to where I have quite a few pieces of equipment for estheticians to pick from. Uh, and Beverly's creating a whole program now for estheticians with this just three or four pieces of aesthetic equipment that they can sell for home use because that's the way people need to, you know, this is the route they need to go now to bring income coming in until we can open our doors again. So I'm going to let Beverly speak to that. Yeah. And I'll say just before that, like, I think a, a really important thing is to not overwhelm people. So if you're just an esthetician, you're not necessarily like an e-commerce skincare site, like Derm Store or something like that. It's, it's easy to think you want every single product that, you know, in the line on your site. But again, if people don't know what to choose from, I always tell people confused buyers don't buy. So pick 25 to 50 of your products that you know you sell and, and have those on there first really clearly out like delineated for acne skin, for dry skin, you know, for what it is. So take the guesswork for people out of it. Don't overwhelm them. Be really clear about what you're selling and who would use that. So they all they have to do is push a button. They don't have to educate themselves. Um, but something Shelly's doing, which I think is really just phenomenal. I mean, I would, it's just phenomenal. We're taking her most popular handheld devices. So, you know, like my skin buddy, the eye rejuvenator, there's a few products that that estheticians use and get great results. Well, their clients can buy that to use at home. So once they're Shelly's customers, they get a really, you know, it's free to reasonable depending on, on what um, is going to be added to the site. They, they get that capacity to have the website and e-commerce site already built for them. All they do is send their customers to that site and make a percentage of the sales. So we, we're really working on streamlining and making it easier for estheticians to make an income online. And I do think handheld devices are one of the best ways to do it. When, when my mom did it at Biocosmetic of Texas, they put together some products and then they included the My Skin Buddy in it. I think they ran out of it in the first day, right, Shelly? I mean, they, they couldn't keep up with the orders. So I, I, I think it's the way to go for estheticians right now is to doing home facials with handheld devices. Mm. Yeah, and I've, I've seen that as a theme pretty consistently across a lot of different estheticians, social media and websites right now, just kind of bundling things together and, um, you know, treating it as an at-home facial and really targeting the specific time we're in, what people can do right now. Would, would that e-commerce aspect be something you'd recommend every esthetician do when they're starting their business? Yes and no. You know, not everybody wants to... Some companies will drop ship. That's great. Um, I know Shelly will be drop shipping the, the devices that people have on their retail sites. Some people just don't want to... If they don't drop ship, they don't want to deal with the shipping. Um other people are, are a little bit too overwhelmed in the beginning. It's even overwhelming for them to put together a basic site. So maybe the e-commerce would come later. I think it's it's like anything. There's no right or wrong. You know, you can start where you're at and then grow. Um, but ultimately, the problem is your clients are going to go online and buy it. And so make it easy for them to buy it from you and not Amazon. I know that's mm. terrible, but it is the way the industry is going. And if you don't, if you don't join them, then you're going to get lost because people are going to go online and buy products. I think there's a, a big temptation toward just going towards Amazon, but 
I think it's really important we emphasize right now, you know, supporting small business and doing what we can to just, you know, make it an appealing process for people to go on your site and shop with you. Yeah, even if you have to add free shipping, you're still going to make more than if they go to Amazon and buy it, you know. Um, So I I would... It's just the way we, we are now, and I, I think I've fought it for so long. Like, it's just not fair, <laughs> but it, it just is what it is. And yeah. if you're going to stay in this industry, you just have to get online. You have to, I mean, have to is a strong word. I, w- I, would, I would definitely, you know, urge you to do it yourself or hire someone to help you have a presence online. Mm. When, when social media came into the picture, did you see that, Beverly, really kind of affect um, how often people were going to people's retail sites and and purchasing um, from their sites? Did you see social media influence retail? I think it's always, since I've been in this industry, there's always been social media. So I don't really have a before and after necessarily. But social media, okay. again, is misunderstood. So just because you have a Facebook account does not mean you're going to be able to drive traffic to the site. So mm. let's use Facebook, for example, they have an algorithm, which I think it's like 10 or 15. If you have a business page, like not even, I don't even think it's as high as 10% of the people that are on your page that like your page will ever see your posts. So you, there's algorithms and there's, there's ways that you have to go about it. And unfortunately it's a pay to play world. Now, you know, mm. you're going to pay for advertising to get in front of people Facebook has made it quite difficult to actually reach a lot of people just via your page. Unless you have a personal page, which is a good way to go, you might max out at about 5,000. I think they, you can't have, I think it's like 5,000 friends. Um, and they also shut you down if they think you're doing too much business on there. But almost all of your friends will see your posts if you have a personal page. But if you have a business page, it's a, it's a, it's not even 10% of people that will see your posts. So it's a strategy. You would have to hmm. really meet with somebody and say, this is my goals. This is what I would like to achieve. This is my budget. What's the best way to go about that? You know, are you branding a new line? Are you branding a new spa? Or is there already awareness out there for it? Maybe Google hmm. ads is great. Maybe Facebook hmm. is great. First and foremost, make sure that your house that you're leading people to looks great and will convert easily. Otherwise, don't, don't spend money leading people to a site that won't convert. Mm, okay. What's something you guys are thinking about together um, as far as any kind of goals for Shelly's websites, improvements you would you would like to make down the line? Does anything come to mind? Yeah, I think the biggest change is is bundling products, you know, so coming up with the, like the three most handheld devices that sell the most so that number one for estheticians they don't have to go researching what's the best equipment and where are they going to get this from. It's already on the site. Like you can even buy a bundle of it and then taking those products and converting them to retail sites. So when their clients come in and they just love the skin buddy, which everybody does, um, they don't have to stock those on the shelf and then sell it to their client. They just give them a card with their retail site on it and they go to the site and buy it and Shelly dropships that. So I think the theme for 2020 is making is is making everything as easy as possible for the esthetician and also helping them make extra income from online sales. When Beverly came aboard, we did have to actually put a login on there because the public was starting to find me so much. And I would get questions, I'd get emails with with questions that I, I knew that person was an esthetician just by the question that they asked. And my goal is to sell to the estheticians, not to the public. So now you have to be a licensed professional in order to see the prices of things on my website. So we're not doing any kind of advertising to draw in the public to the website, just estheticians. And then I want to sell those, those items to the estheticians to sell to their clients. I want to help you, the other estheticians, grow your businesses. Yeah, I know I'm really missing that just like human connection and just being in the treatment room. And I know a lot of us are. So at least we can offer podcasts people can listen to and and get inspired. Shelly, what do you think would be some tips you have for people who are gearing, gearing up, getting ready to get back in the treatment room? How can they kind of get prepared to go back? 
That's a tough one because I really kind of been, you know, out there watching and listening and I believe the laws now are different from state to state. So it's a hard thing to just, you know, say one thing about that. There are a lot of changes in this industry and there are going to be some clients that are going to still be fearful of coming back right away, especially when you maybe think about the older uh, age group of clientele. But I also, I just believe in this industry, we make such connections with our clients that, you know, the minute they know our doors are open, they are going to be running to us. In fact, one of my clients that still sees me from 1988, she was one of my very first clients. She texted me the other day and she said a local dermatology office that does Botox and all of that just opened up and they are so overbooked that because everybody's just clamoring to try to get these treatments done. So the smaller estheticians, the single esthetician may find the same thing, that they're like bombarded with, with appointments and booked way out, which is a good thing. I think surprisingly, I think people are really craving self-care. And as much as, you know, people are worried about person to person contact, I think that just that craving for human touch and, you know, having that time for self-care and, and, treating your skin, I think that will kind of override it in the, in the long run. And I I would add to that. um, It is a great time. And I'm not just saying that to plug us, but generally it is a good time to take care of things you don't have time to take care of. So building a website would be something that, you know, takes some time to put some thought into it and commute, you know, like just get all the pieces together and just these internal pieces of your business that maybe you you were so busy working in your business, you haven't worked on your business. I think this is a great time to really start working on your business. I've also seen a lot of people reinvent themselves. And, you know, it's it's sort of like blaming it on the pandemic, but, but inside they're kind of giggling because they knew that they really wanted to do it, but didn't have the courage to do it before. So I've seen a lot of estheticians um, start rebranding themselves as skin coaches and virtual coaches because they were really tired of being behind the chair. So they're adding a lot of that stuff to their website. Um, you know, they are starting online product stores because they want passive income in order to retire. Um, some other people are just converting completely into wellness coaches where they do skincare and nutrition and, and things like that. So more consulting. So I, I've seen it as a reinvention time. Well, I think it really just this time has showcased the the power of the internet and the tool we we all have access to now. It's really, really highlighted it. So I think that's a great thing to underline and for people to understand that that's not only something people can use now, but should continue to do. To use in the future. I was just going to say, it's really been interesting for me because there's been two things that I've had on the back burner for a very long time that I've wanted to do. And one of them was to get out to more students in aesthetic schools around the United States. And I always thought, well, I got to get out and travel and go to all these schools. Well, now I'm doing these Zoom classes three and four a week with schools all over the United States. And I'm getting to do exactly what I want to do is get in front of the students and I am loving it. And the other thing is I've, I wanted to write, I have had in mind this idea for a book and it's just, I have not had the time. I've had the idea. I know exactly what I want, but I haven't had the time. Well, guess what? I finished that book. Now I'm in the process of getting it, you know, all taken together and and printed and, and ready to go. So this has allowed me to do some of that reinventing that Beverly was talking about. When Beverly, when you say rebranding, how are you seeing people kind of transform and and make changes to former websites? That's a great question. And I've had to reinvent a little bit too, because we've had so much of that. Like my old clients now coming back and saying, okay, I'm not, I'm closing my doors um, and I'm doing this. And so I've had to really think on my feet on, on what's sort of an economical way for them to do that. So some people, we just completely start over. It's just a, t- a really different feel. You know, it doesn't fit. But another one of my clients, she just called me a couple of days ago, and we had a, a huge site for her. It was an e-commerce site. She had tons of services. She had, you know, employees. And she wants to move to Idaho. So she's like, okay, I just really want to convert my site over to just being e-commerce. And that was great because we just rebranded the homepage. We we hid all of the services page. We made it, you know, much more, just converted it into an e-commerce. And it wasn't really that difficult to do. 
um, you know, we added like a virtual consult to it, things like that. So sometimes it's very easy. Just take the site and, and just add some elements, take some elements away. And other ones, I think they're just making such a big change that it doesn't even make sense. It's trying to, it's like trying to squeeze into old clothes. Okay. Let's just start over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but that pricing is such that, you know, that's, that's, that's affordable for people to do because, you know, we have a very easy price point to get in on a website and we have a very affordable monthly membership. So the membership, you know, we're part of their business. We're their digital department. So when they have these changes or they want to change things on their site, they don't have to go pay somebody else thousands of dollars. They're in our membership circle and we have a certain amount of hours we can do for them, you know, and so it's, that's our business model. It's, it's best for the esthetician that wants ongoing support and wants to know that we're in their corner and they don't have to start trying to figure out how to make changes or, you know, rebrand, things like that. We are their digital department. Um, we work better than people that just, they want to pop up a website and they're, they're not going to grow with it or, you know, they want to make their own changes. And then the problem with that is the branding gets lost because it starts to look very hodgepodgey. So we see our websites as a work of art. I mean, and that's, I'm not saying that as an ego thing, we put we, really, that's how we see it. And we see it if we're going to maintain that, that it's really best to have us making the changes and growing with you and changing with you and evolving the website so that it only looks better and better. It doesn't start looking hodgepodgey. Yeah, I think that that sounds much better than somebody trying to edit code on the back end as an esthetician and figure it out. It just, it sounds, sounds like it would be messy, uh, at least for me. Um, yeah. What would be kind of the the average investment if somebody were thinking about hiring a web designer? Yeah. Um, so you can start at about nine ninety five for a basic site for us. I'm going to talk for us. We we are below market because our whole model is designed to make it easy and affordable for estheticians to have websites. So I can tell you when before I was charging five to ten thousand dollars for sites. It just wasn't doable for estheticians. It really wasn't. And so our whole business model is designed around almost like a no-brainer. Like, you know, it, it's affordable. It's easy. We do most of the work for you because we know the industry so well. We have so many images because we've been in the industry so long. Um, we know how to word things for the audience. So for us, you can get in at $9.95. We actually have a special, it's usually $12.95. It's $9.95 right now just because of COVID. Um, and then it's $105 a month for us to be your digital department and help with all of your changes, you know, and just be there for you. So I feel that's a very affordable model um, for people to get in and have an online presence. How about any anything you're seeing on certain websites that, Beverly, you think are just really really cool that people could think about implementing um, maybe things that are interactive aside from the virtual consultation, which you've already mentioned, anything that's just like stood out to you that you could see being a trend moving forward? Um, you've seen a lot of quizzes now. So when people can go and put their skin type or their issues in, and then, you know, they get the solution. So, mm. you know, oh, you have acne skin, buy these products. Love I'm that. seeing a lot of bundling. So instead of people trying to figure out what they need, there's the three steps to clear skin, you know, and, and it's a cleanser, your cleanser, your serum, and your moisturizer. Um, so there's a trend towards ease and <clears throat> quickly, quickly understood products. Yeah. And a trend away from just gajillions of products that you have to maneuver and try and figure out what you need. You know, that's that's why Shelly and I are talking about putting her three top sellers in a bundle. So you have your, you know, ultrasonic spatula, which removes and exfoliates your skin. I'm probably going to badger this, but your skin <laughs> buddy that has the ultrasonic and, you know, penetrates products and you have your eye rejuvenator. It's a no-brainer. There's the three handheld devices that you would need to, you know, have beautiful skin at home. So I really think it's funny. I see people spending more on a bundle than they would on on products. For and that's true in the service room as well. When I had my spa, we would sell series. You know, it was like fifteen hundred dollars for your six peels, whatever it was. 
And people would buy that more than they would buy a $100 facial. There's something about series that people love. You know, they mm. they get what it's going to do for them. They understand the, the sort of, you know, uh, benefits. They understand that that's, that's what they're going to have to spend. Like if there's a limit to it, they're not going to have to keep spending $100. If they spend the $1,500, they're going to get the results they want. There's something that people lean into with bundles and packages. It's it's very very interesting. I don't I don't know what the psychology is, but people will spend more on your bundles than they will on just random things that they don't really know they're going to get the results they're looking for. Right. I think that makes sense. People like to have a plan and have somebody tell them what they're going to have to do and just have it be clear and concise and simple and laid out. Yeah, a plan. That's a great word for yeah. it. Yes. And, and really, it's not always price driven. If the if the plan has the value for them, they don't mind spending the money. Right. But when it's right. sort of hodgepodgey and, and we, when we talk a lot, like I'm doing right now, <laughs> um, especially as an esthetician, you try educate them on everything. I laugh sometimes because my husband's he's now a nurse, but he was an acupuncturist. And I got to the point where I stopped asking him about things because he would basically take me from freshman year to graduating in his Chinese medicine. Like, and then I, I, my eyes were glazed over. I never knew what I was supposed to do. And I think as estheticians, we can over-educate versus you've got a problem. Here's the solution in a bag. And this is what it cost. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I'm definitely, I think I'm guilty yeah. of that too. And especially young estheticians who come out of school, we want to just, you know, explain everything we've learned when people just want to hear ABC, you know, this yeah. is what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about pricing, Shelly, I know something you've talked about before is the, can I have a discount question? I'd love to just share with the audience your thoughts on that. Well, I get that a lot from estheticians when they're you know, wanting to buy pieces of equipment, you know, first of all, the qu first question is how much does it cost? Not what's it going to do? How can I make money in my business? You know, how is it going to be effective on my clients? It's the first question is how much is it going to cost? And I almost roll my eyes when, when someone's talking to me and that's the first question that comes out of their mouth, you know, and then if the second one's, can I get a discount and they've never purchased from me before, mm, you know, how I, I was, I always want to put it to like, if you had a client come in and it's their first time in and your facials are, you know, I'm just gonna throw a figure out there, a hundred dollars. And they come in and look at you and say, well, can I have that for 75? How does that make you feel? It doesn't, you don't feel like they're valuing what you have to offer them. Um, it, it's the whole group on right. Living social mentality. And I think we need to put some more value into the people that we're working with, you know, what they have to offer. Um, it's a little sore spot for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you 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 assume people are part of the same industry and they wouldn't like it if they were asked the same question. Exactly. The whole do unto others, right? <laughs> right, and I really love the pay it forward mentality you talk about, Shelley, and kind of the analogy of when you're at a restaurant, you you leave a nice tip if somebody took care of you because you would want the same back and you know it will eventually come back to you in the universe. Most definitely. I truly believe yes. that. Just on that topic of discounting, a friend said to me the other day, because I mean, I think we all struggle with it and we all want to give in like, oh, they're having a hard time. They want a discount. And, you know, we all want to like please and, and make sure we don't lose anybody. And she just said to me, Beverly, know your worth. Know your worth. You know, and she said, if you don't, nobody else is going to. And and she made so much sense because she's like, if they want what you have to offer, then they're going to pay your price. You know, and it's it really struck me like know your worth struck me at my core because it's sometimes I do and other times I don't. <laughs> um, but I think that's a valuable concept of we have a worth and there are people that are willing to pay for it or spend time to understand it or you know whatever it is in relationships and and when we doubt our worth is when we start just giving in to people that are sort of chiseling away at it. Yes, I think I think it goes back to even what you were talking about, about niching down and speaking toward a certain audience and trusting that they will follow you and, and you just having that confidence in yourself and knowing 
that's the people I want to speak to. I feel like people in general love a discount. They love a sale, right? So it's almost like we have to play a little trickery here, right? We raise our prices slightly. So when we give them that discount, we're actually getting what we really wanted in the first place, which seems so silly to have to do, but because people are so you know, drawn in by that word sale or discount. It's a shame, but it, but it's it's the mentality. Yeah, you know, Pier One is going out of business, and we went. I said to my husband, "I have to go. Everything's thirty or forty percent off." And you know, they that's what they do at those sales. They raise everything, and then they discount it thirty or forty percent off. And I bought all the stuff, and I came home. I said to my husband, "I don't think I saved any money. I think it was cheaper before they were going out of business." <laughs> He's like, "Sucker!" Yep. <laughs> but that's that is what they do in those sales. So it's it is a it's a psychological thing. We just want to know we won. <laughs> we won somehow. Yeah, and I think we're also in a in an era of discount codes, especially on social media. That's such a thing. And those who are on Instagram frequently, it's just. It's so part of the feed, just seeing a, a discount code for anything advertising a product. There's always a discount code attached to it. So I feel like that's almost just become part of a lot of our mentalities. I'd like to say one final thing, if I can. I just want to say that, that working with Beverly has been really, really interesting for me because you could tell from like the beginning when we started, I like to be hands-on. So Beverly has taught me some things on my website. So if I have a quick change I want to make or something I want to do, I can do it without, you know, reaching out to her. But I also know she, I have her on speed dial, you know, like she's there for me when I need for the bigger things, but I can still feel like I have a bit of control over my website too. So it became a really good balance for me when um, I started working with Beverly and she's just, just really you're just really, not to get you, give you a fat head there, Beverly, but you're just really a joy to work with. <laughs> Thank you. And likewise, I will certainly say likewise. That's great to know. And we'll certainly leave Beverly, Beverly your information in the show notes and Shelly's website too, so people can go check it out and possibly use you, Beverly, as a resource in the future, because I think everybody wants to find that person if they're looking for a web designer, somebody who is easy to communicate with and understands their vision. I will leave all of your info in the show notes. I so appreciate your time and we will touch base soon. I hope you guys are staying well and thank you everybody for listening. Thanks. Thanks, Tessa. Thanks for having me. Have a fabulous day.